Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. I am Becky and joining me for this episode is podcast contributor Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hey, Becky. Um, so today we are going to review Only Mine by Laura Pavlov. And this is book five in her Honey Mountain series. Rachel has been trying to get me to read this series, to read this author for the last year. Accurate. <laughs> You're yes. always like, let's do this one. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> but it's like my little Christmas present to you. Thank you. You're, I love it. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so I will say this is book five. This is the only book I've read in this series. And I read it as a standalone. But you've read this whole series cover to cover from one to five. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, and we'll get into it. But so the full title of this book is Only Mine, A Small Town, Enemies to Lovers Romance. Before we get into the synopsis, and I'm going to get this out of the way, this isn't really a small town romance. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, she's from a small town, but the majority of this yes. book takes place in San Francisco and really has big city vibes. So we don't we get yep. like maybe a half a dozen pages in the small town. Um, so that's my that's my only complaint. And I'll let it go now. Like Elsa, <laughs> I'll let it go. OK, read us the synopsis from Goodreads. OK, <laughs> it's loading. It's loading. Yeah, my iPad has been loving me lately. It's always nice when technology works against you. Okay. Wolf Weyburn is the devil in an Armani suit. Most women would drop to their knees at just the sight of him. Lucky for me, I'm not most women. The first time we met, he cut me off at a gas station. So I flashed him the bird and mocked his family jewels. The second time we met, he tried to get me fired. He took a shot and he missed, at least for now. Wolf Weyburn was an ex-Navy SEAL with an attitude, but it would take a lot more than the big bad wolf to scare me off. I had 90 days to win the man over, to convince him that I was the right person for the job, but spending endless amounts of time with him proved more challenging than I'd expected. He was stubborn and broody and charming and sexy, all at the same time. I despised him as much as I craved him. We taunted and teased and terrorized one another for weeks. The first time he dropped to his knees, it was to search me for a weapon. The second time, it was an altogether different story. I never planned to fall for the enemy because I knew it was easier to hate Wolf Weyburn than to love him. This is book five in the Honey Mountain series. Each one can be read as a complete standalone. And HEA is guaranteed. So, and I did. It does absolutely stand on its own. I felt like I knew these two characters. I knew what they were about. Um, the connection is tangible. So I absolutely believe that these, this can be read as a standalone. Yes, it definitely can be read as a standalone. And Wolf, so obviously like Honey Mountain, it's five sisters. And this is the fifth and final book. Dylan is the last sister. We do not meet Wolf at all until this book. We hear about Wolf in book four at the end as the hockey team's owner's son, but we, we do not meet him. And I definitely think that helps this be a total standalone. 
it, for sure. And it does. And it was interesting to me, too, because, you know, obviously this is an author that writes in series. And I knew that this was going to be a jumping off point for another series. I guessed she was going to write the San Francisco Sharks, the hockey team, because a big part of this story was um, Wolf and Dylan going out and meeting with agents and kind of contract talks and the team's going to have a rebuilding year. And I really thought that this was going into a hockey romance. And you're like, nope, it's the cousins. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what, what cousins? Yeah. Well, Hugh plays, a he's in a few scenes. Right. Towards the end. That, yeah. Yeah. I think that happened like, after you read that after we talked yeah so i i think it makes sense but i'm also like i didn't even like think about the hockey thing but i think it's because i knew that it was going to be the cousins but now i'm like hopefully laura writes the hockey team like a hockey series too that's what i'm hoping well she sets it up because there's some really dynamic characters that we kind of are talked about and introduced to and Hawk, who is Dylan's brother-in-law, is going to retire and move into a coaching position. So there is potential there. Um, yes. But if you only read the first 50%, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, this is totally going to be a hockey series next. Because <laughs> that's what it felt like. Um, okay, release date on this is December 15th of 2022. Enemies to Lovers, Opposites Attract. He is a veteran. He is a former Navy SEAL. Co-workers, close proximity, they have a great meet-cute. They do. She is so feisty. Like, out of the box, like, out the door of her car, like, screaming and yelling at people because she got cut off at the gas station. <laughs> I'm like, I loved it. Uh, it was really great. And you just knew, like, as you're reading that scene, you just knew that he was going to be the sun like you just knew yes for sure even if and like even if you didn't read the like blurb yeah you know that this guy is it like you know uh this is a great family series and the series name is honey mountain and absolutely a series of standalones but they are interconnected we do meet dylan her sisters and we do get some time in the small town of honey mountain we just don't if you read this as a standalone you don't necessarily get the picture of the town's personality and their quirkiness you know it's a ski resort and somehow the fire department's gonna play plays a key part in some of the other stories well her dad is the like captain of the fire station and two of her brother-in-laws are firefighters so yeah, you you get pieces, but not a ton of pieces in this story. Mm -hmm. um, put out percentage was 41%. And once it starts popping, it pops. And I'm like, whoa, holy sexiness. Like, okay, we, we, we aren't going for slow burn here, sister. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it was so funny. Um, she had mentioned that she... She likes writing the banter of like enemies or rivals to lovers, but she usually like gets them together too quick. 
and she did it longer this time so she definitely which makes me laugh because it's 41 percent but yeah. it is longer than some of her other enemies to lovers like they're definitely like not fans of each other but once they get together they're they are getting together well they're so quirky because even as they're like in the midst of this very intense love affair they're like i hate you i hate you and you and i kind of talked about this a little bit but i struggle with enemies to lovers anytime something says enemies to lovers i'm just like i really have a hard time with the hate 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 fuck 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 oh my gosh i love you like sometimes it it's just so overdone and i tend to lean if i'm gonna have that kind of relationship, I tend to lean more towards an adversary where there isn't this hatred, this all encompassing, like we're at war feel. And, and I said, I felt like this story was a little bit more adversaries. And then you said, no, I think it's enemies because he does look at her as the enemy. Yes. He definitely at the beginning, like, He's like, this girl is not the answer. She cannot be it. Like, I am not about this. She cannot have this job. Like, I'm protecting my family business from this woman. Well, and not just the family business, but he thinks that, like, she has bamboozled his dad, the attorney for the team, his sister, his his secretary, like, everybody, like... He yes. has decided that she is some kind of witch that has hypnotized yes. them all. And she was definitely obviously very mad at him about the gas station and everything else. But I do think she saw him as like, sure, the enemy, because he's actually trying to prevent her from getting a job, but definitely an adversary because he is her obstacle. Right. Like, she has to, like, conquer him in order to get her dream job. Well, like, seriously, I'm pretty sure she would have buried him in a snow pile and walked away. And then, like, dude, I'm done with you. Yes. I win. <laughs> Bye-bye. Um, so this book, now, so this was my first Laura Pavlov. There was so much amazing banter in this book, which I love. I love banter i love a really feisty heroine that is quick with her quips and you know snazzy comebacks and these two were amazing yes they were like so much banter like every time they were together you're like what's gonna come next i mean they were so great like there is and it's early on in the sh in the book they're traveling together um to you know talk to agents and kind of do some scouting and to see where players might land in free agency and um wolf is being flirted with a hostess at the restaurant at the hotel and dylan goes out of her way to tell the hostess you don't want him he has a small penis and it's like a micro, micro penis yeah yeah like, and the the hostess was like, oh, okay. But then on the flip side, he gets her back with the bartender at the next stop or a couple stops later where he tells the bartender she has two vaginas. 
And he's like, okay, I can deal with that. I, I can work with this. And I'm like, okay. First of all, what bartender? Uh, like, that guy is an idiot. <laughs> it's like, why did yes. you believe that? Right, like, that's... Oh, that's funny. I I was cracking up. I was like, that. I figured they would go the route of being like, oh, they have an STD or something like that. Right. And they right. both just like took it up a notch that made it so much funnier. So funny because honestly, if you look at the picture of these two characters, he is the son of a billionaire. He is super grumpy. Like, honestly, this was grumpy sunshine more than... Enemies to lovers, in my opinion. Like, he was grouchy. He was trying to settle into... So grouchy. Civilian life. He didn't like the hand that was being handed to him. He wanted more control, and he's used to being in a leadership role. He's used to the control. And he wasn't having that. And he's used to being the head of soldiers. And so people kind of just fall in line. Like, Mm -hmm. people under him fall into line. And Dylan was not falling into anyone's line. No, she was not. She was not. And he did not know what to do with her. He didn't. And she was so smart and so intense. And I, the best I can say is she is somebody who was living out loud. Like there was no corners for her. Um, she spoke her mind. She put herself out there. And that is not how Wolf lives. No, definitely not. He's super structured, black and white. Like, the the scene with the first agent, like, we don't want to spoil anything. But how she, like, gets him to the meeting, Wolf would have never. <laughs> no, he would have just accepted that the guy wasn't showing up. And Dylan was like, nope, not good enough for me. We're going to take these steps and this is going to happen. And I think that that's kind of how she looks at life a little bit, too, is we're going to take these steps and this is how life's going to happen. But in as much as she has this amazing group of four sisters that are very close and an amazing dad, she has suffered loss. She lost her mom at a young age. So that is a content warning. Um, There is the loss of a parent mentioned. And um, I think that that... Losing the parent at the age that she did, she kind of, instead of wallowing in grief, said, I'm going to live every day to the fullest. Yep, I think that's completely true. And she did, and it was so great to watch these two on page. Um, Okay, so one of the... There's so many great characters in this book, and that's the other thing I want to give a compliment to the author. I complain a lot of times, especially when I read a book as a standalone that pages will be crowded with giving me too much information about past characters or future characters. This author does not do that. It is a very good balance. This was absolutely Dylan and Wolf's story and everyone else was a supporting character. Yep. I completely agree. She didn't throw in too many cameos of the four previous couples, which is easy to do, especially in the last book of a series. We see that a lot where the last book is just way longer than the others because it throws everything possible in. So I, I liked that 
the focus was definitely Dylan and Wolf. And while she might have gone back home for Halloween or had dinner with her sister and a hawk, like those were just minor scenes and not integral parts of the story. It wasn't. And the story was not dependent on those people pushing this story or this couple together. And instead, this couple really carries the story themselves. They're so dynamic. I started this book yesterday later than I should have. And I did not go to bed till I was done. Like I had to read this. And even some of the new characters that are introduced, because we have the Wayburn family who owns the dad owns the hockey team. Um, Wolf has a brother and a sister and the sister has a boyfriend and there's some history for Wolf with a ex and a friend All of that, those characters were all such great characters and so likable. I know. I'm like, so are his brother and sister going to get a book? Like, all these people need books. I, okay, so I think uh, Sabine, the sister, is going to end up maybe in the next book of the first series with Hugh. So if you read at the end of the book, his heroine is not her. Oh, I didn't. I definitely thought too. Um, his story is going to be a brother's best friend, or like best friend's sister. Best friend's, sister. and it's good and it's funny because, like Laura had mentioned, that she already had Hughes' heroine. Like it's a done deal, and everyone like had that same vibe. I'm like, well, obviously, like she needs a book now. Yeah, because now I'm a little sad. Um, I do have to talk about one of the best scenes in this book. That I was reading this late at night. It's like eleven thirty, twelve o'clock at night. My husband, Mike's asleep. Mike's asleep, and I am reading this book. And I am laughing and I am shaking the bed and I am so afraid that I'm going to wake him up. There is this scene at about 42% um, or a little later, maybe it was 46, 47%. His, um, they go to dinner at his family's house. She's invited. The sisters invited her to dinner. She goes with Wolf and holy crap, the cast of characters in this book And in this dinner, he has a sister or he has a cousin who's quirky, who sings everything. I had tears streaming down my face from trying to hold my laughter in because I was like, this is so outrageous, but like believable, like in a family of like ultra rich people that you just have this like super quirky cousin. I was like, this is this is amazing. So amazing. And there's a, there's a part where somebody says something, asks um, Dylan if she and Wolf are dating our boyfriend and girlfriend. And she, it, the answer is like, no, 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 I'm very single. And he's like, yeah, she's single. We are not together. And the cousin starts singing all the single ladies. And Dylan joins in. And then the mom and then the sister. And it was just like, oh, my God, it was so funny. So very funny. 
It was so <laughs> funny. And I thought it showed a lot about his family that they like embrace the quirky cousin and they're not like embarrassed by her no. or like trying to tone her down or anything like that. They're not like this evil rich family. No, there was no judgment in this family. And I just all of the people felt very real in this book. Like these were just humans and they act like humans and they mm-hmm. had real human feelings. Nothing felt extreme. It was just such a really good quick read that um and and I am intrigued by some of the sisters. I'm going to, you know, probably have to go back and read some of the sisters now in my own chaotic fashion that, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I do think all of them stand alone well in the sense that obviously if you read a series in order where this goes like chronologically you're gonna like experience it differently than reading it out of order right because I know all of the sister stories and I know all of that but Laura does a great job of making sure the couple that the book is about is the focus and like there's not a lot of noise from everyone else other than like the family group chats and like maybe seeing them in town that kind of stuff but it's by no means like too crowded it wasn't it was exceptionally well done i really enjoyed it i am intrigued by her writing style i absolutely will pick up the cousins books and i am going to go back and read um the previous books in this series it's in kindle unlimited which makes it even that much more accessible because you know you're not it's a checkout on Kindle Unlimited, and I really do, yeah. um, I really do think this was very well done, and I will absolutely recommend it. And the audio is not out for this one yet, but she is releasing audios for um, some of the series is already out, and then I think this one comes out in like February, and then I saw she said that the next series it's going to have a simultaneous audio release for those audiobook listeners. Oh, which, which will is be nice. really nice. That is very nice when that can happen. Um, okay. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for recommending Only Mine by Laura Pavlov. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And thank you for joining me for this quick shot of romance. Thanks for reading it and thanks for having me. Until next time, everyone. Happy reading. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.